What's going everyone and welcome to another episode of Inside 90 Feet. I'm your guy, Brandon Fowler. Now I know it's been a few weeks, but we are back just in time for an episode on some good topics for this week's episode. We will start the episode by playing Would You Rather, Acuna or Tatis Jr., DeGrom or Scherzer, Baez or Bregman. We also would be covering the Yankees dominating the Orioles for another year and continuing their run to win the AL East. Kershaw dealing and Ty Sandy Koufax on the Dodgers win list. Yankees, Astros, Dodgers. Who is the team to beat in the postseason? Is the NL East the best division this year? And lastly, the Braves continue to impress, but the bullpen, they still struggle. So let's jump right into Would You Rather. First, we got Acuna or Tatis Jr. Acuna this year so far is batting 298. On base percentage is 377 with 34 home runs and 82 RBIs. Now, Tatis Jr. is batting 317. On base is 379 with 22 home runs and 53 RBIs. Acuna over the last 30 games is batting 318 with 12 home runs. Um, his last game. His last 15 games, he's batting 338 and nine home runs, and the last seven games, he's batting 367 with six home runs. Tatis over his last 30 is batting 308 with 10 home runs. His last 15 games, batting 266 with five home runs, and his last seven games, batting 267 with two home runs. Now, you know. They both play different positions, so I mean, you you can't necessarily say like, okay, well, I'd rather have you know Acuna over Tatis or Tatis over Acuna, you know, based on their position. So you really have to take it as a offensive standpoint because you know Acuna plays outfield and Tatis plays short. Um, you have to take it as a offensive perspective. Now, I think you know not you know because Acuna is is a brave and that's my favorite team or anything like that, I think that the NL East, I think the pitching is, is tougher. Um, you know, with the with the Mets pitching staff, with Syndergaard, you know, DeGrom, Wheeler, um, Mats out of New York, uh, Washington, you got Scherzer. Um, you know, you got guys all throughout. You, you know, you got the Phillies with Nola, um, you know, the Marlins, you know, they're starting to get, you know, some guys in their organization um, and stuff like that. They're still young. But with the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Mets, with their um, pitching staff, um, and with Acuna kind of seeing them, you know, every, every so often, uh, and, you know, him having those numbers, you know, in the last 30 games, um, you know, they played the Nationals twice, um, in two separate series, they played the Phillies in a separate series. Um, they played the Marlins twice. Um, they just got done playing, you know, um, the Marlins and the Mets uh, these last couple weeks. And uh, now they're about to face the Dodgers. Now, I understand Tatis is in the NL West, you know, a place for the Padres. And really the only team that you really are concerned about is the Dodgers. And, you know, you, of course, you play the Giants and you play the Diamondbacks and you play the Rockies. Um, I just don't think the pitching, um, you know, equals out to what the NL East kind of brings to the table and what Acuna kind of sees, um, you know, week in and week out, you know, with all their series. Now, I'm not saying like, of course, they don't play, 
you know, all NL West teams and all NL East teams. Of course, you go through, you know, the NL and then you have interleague games and stuff like that. So you're kind of around. But I mean, with Acuna betting 298 on the season with 34 home runs and 82 RBIs, yeah, Tatis has a little bit more of a higher average with 317, but they're both on base percentage. Acuna's 377 and Tatis at 379. Is, is sort of similar. I mean, those guys are getting on base. Acuna's, you know, that power leadoff type thing because, I mean, that's what you're going to get. And with Acuna being at the leadoff, you know, position and he still having 82 RBIs, I mean, that's that's kind of, you know, insane. And Tatis only having, you know, 22 home runs of 53 RBIs. You know, I, I know it's, you know, San Diego and, you know, that ballpark can be difficult at times, you know, trying to run the ball out, you know, especially in center. I mean, you got a kind of short porch right there in right field, but, you know, for him to have, you know, almost 30 less, you know, RBIs than Acuna, um, and Acuna's, you know, at the leadoff spot, um, you know, I think you got to go Acuna. Um, you know, of, of course, you know, there are both really good players and I think Tatis being you know 20 years old and and still um, getting his feet wet and the MLB I think these next couple of years will determine whether or not he's really that good now I think defensively the dude is absolutely nasty the dude has a vacuum you know he goes into the hole um, and, and is able to make plays you know with his arm you know the dude's just unreal at shortstop and I think Acuna is great in the outfield um I mean, both of these guys defensively, you know, is just phenomenal. Acuna last night, you know, against the Mets, um, you know, he robs the home run. And I just think his awareness in the outfield, um, you know, and just his overall play uh, defensively is great. But like I said, you have to take these two guys and accountability and their offense perspective um, and not their defense since they play two different positions. Um, but I'm a... I'm going to side with Acuna on this one. Uh, next, we got DeGrom or Scherzer. Now, let's talk about these two when they are both healthy. We all know how good both these guys are, and no stats are really needed to be given on these two. Like, we all know how nasty these two guys are. You know, usually running for NL Cy Young every year. Um, if I had to go with one of these guys... um. I'm probably taking Max Scherzer. Um, I just love how the guy is an absolute bulldog. Now, I'm not saying the Grom doesn't get up there and he just has, like, you know, this demeanor. But, you know, Scherzer, you know, like I said in the last episode, he gets on there. He's a bulldog. He he, he doesn't care who's in the box. He He's always attacking hitters. And I feel like if he's not attacking them the way that he wants to, um, he definitely shows it. Um you know, I just think Scherzer is is a great guy to have on the mound. And if I was, you know, someone in, you know, a fantasy draft or if, you know, how you could play the show or anything like that and, you know, I'm I'm trading for one guy, um, to to be my ace, uh I'm I'm definitely taking Scherzer. Now, I mean I would of course I would take both of them. Um and I would take the ground in a heartbeat if Scherzer wasn't on the list or let's say he retired or something like that and he just wasn't in the league anymore of course I'm taking the ground because he's filthy as always um I think it's a tight race but I'm definitely taking Scherzer 
Um, lastly, on would you rather we have Baez or Bregman? Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet for you guys. Uh, and without a doubt, I'm going to take Bregman. Um, he is a force at the plate. Uh, he is disciplined and able to take the ball to all fields whenever it's called for it. Um, I wouldn't take Baez, not because I don't think he is a good ball player, but at the plate, he tends to be um, a free swinger and at times chases a lot of pitches out of the zone. He's nasty in the field. He has an absolute vacuum, uh, but also does Bregman. So, I mean, you can't really uh, compare them in those two spots because I, they're great defensively. Uh, so in this debate, it's more of who do you want at the plate? And I think Bregman is the guy I, I would rather have the plate um, in any situation because I know if it's late in the game, uh, I think he's more clutch. Um, and I think he just allows your your ball club to have better chances to to win ball games. So I'm uh, I'm at the side with Bregman on this one. All right, let's talk about the Yankees. Um, just absolutely dominating the Orioles for another year and continue to make their run easier into the postseason winning the AL East. The Yankees are 17 and 2 this year against the Orioles as they finish up the year uh long series uh with 19 games. Uh they finish at home with a four game series sweep in the Bronx. The Yankees have absolutely destroyed Baltimore pitching by hitting 61 home runs in 19 games. If the Oriole, if I'm the Orioles, uh, I'm ready for the series to be over, uh, the whole season to be over, because it has just been a miserable year. Uh, you know they have nightmares when going to play the Yankees from here on out until you know something changes, even into next year. You know they have to be absolutely worried that you know the same thing is going to just keep happening over and over again, um, definitely until something changes. Uh, with 61 home runs, uh, the Yanks have hit this year against the O's. You just think of how many they would have if Judge, Stanton, Didi, and the other guys would have been healthy all year. Uh, yeah, Didi is you know back and he's healthy and still doing what Didi does at the plate and at the shortstop position. But look at Judge. Um, Judge is back, but is he fully 100%? You know, the guy is a big power guy who swings hard and has a big rotational swing that can give, you know, that o oblique injury um, still some issues. And the three games he's played against the Orioles in the past series, he was one for 12 with four strikeouts, two RBIs, and zero home runs. Over his last seven games, he is three for 26, batting 115, with two RBIs and zero home runs. You know, something is still wrong with Judge, and with the Indians coming into New York, I don't really see him figuring anything out. Uh, I guess this pitching stuff that the Indians have. Um, so as, as a Yankee fan, I, I, would, I wouldn't be too concerned because, I mean, the lineup is still dangerous with DJ, DD, Gary, um, you know, Luke Voigt, I mean, you know, those guys are just, you know, absolutely, you know, animals. And, you know, you can kind of get away with, you know, Judge still being a little off of his game. But to have Judge 
100% healthy and have that bat in the lineup, uh, it's just going to give opposing pitchers, you know, just a tough day in the office. And, you know, I, I, I don't really think that that Boone needs to take Judge, you know, out of the lineup or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying to do that. Um, but I definitely think there's something wrong there and, you know, you're, you're going to win the AL East. Um, I don't, I don't really think that's going to be an issue, but you need to start thinking about the postseason and judge's future. You don't really need to send him out there and risk him, you know, getting hurt any more than what he already is whenever you're already guaranteed to win the AL East. Have him sit out the rest of the year and have him sit out, you know, the whole month of September and let him rest and let him try to heal that that injury. Uh, and whenever you get into the postseason, um, he might be 100%. I'm not saying to, like, shut him down for real. He can still take BP. He can still, you know, have live sessions um, on off days. Let him have tea work, stuff like that, but let him have the therapy that he needs so whenever the postseason comes around, you know, we can, you know, we can get it going. Next, we got Kershaw just absolutely being Kershaw finally, you know, after, you know, a slow start this year and, you know, last year, you know, coming up short in the World Series. Um, he's just been absolutely dealing lately. And he finally ties Sandy Koufax on the Dodgers' all-time wins list. Uh, Kershaw had a dominant Wednesday night against the Marlins in Miami. As he starts off his night striking out the first seven batters he faced, he was one strikeout away from tying the MLB record set by Dem Deshaies and Jacob deGrom. Uh, Kershaw ended the night with 10 strikeouts and tied his season best. Uh, seven out of the ten strikeouts were on his slider. And honestly, I'm not surprised because his slider is the best slider in the game uh, whenever it's on. And uh, and on Wednesday night, it was definitely on. Um, you know, the the guy has a, has a good fastball. Um, he's not going to overpower you with it, but, you know, whenever that slider is on and he can bury it low and away... Um, you know, to right-handers, you know, kind of going a little back door and, you know, just throwing it at the lefties a little bit and letting it, you know, kind of fall off the table um, down and in the middle of the zone. Uh, you're just going to get guys to swing over it. Uh, half of his strikeouts on Wednesday came out of the zone, located down and in on lefties and down and away on righties. Three out of the five strikeouts Kershaw got in the zone we're still in the bottom left-hand side of the zone. So when he stays down in the zone with that nasty slider, he is unhittable. Uh, I mean, it's just plain and simple. He has a nice quick fastball that he can elevate at times that goes well with that 12-6 hammer and that sweeping slider. Um, so whenever he basically has that slider on, we kind of know that he can locate that fastball for strikes. Um, there was two strikeouts that he had that was up in his own that were fastballs. So that kind of just shows you that he can uh, change the eye level a little bit and he's able to get strikeouts with that fastball elevated in his own. Um, so when all three of those pitchers are on, 
you're you're gonna get the you know no on kershaw and you know obviously the uh the tying the uh, wins list with uh sandy koufax um with kershaw getting that win uh that improved him to 12 and 2 on the season with a 2.63 era and and now gives him 165 wins as a Dodger and puts him in fifth place alongside Sandy Koufax. Yankees, Astros, Dodgers. Who is the team to beat in the postseason? To me, this is this is a hard answer. Um, you know, I mean, you you can debate this all day long on who you think is. Um, I think all around right now, and I really hate to say it, you know, I'm not, I have nothing against them or anything like that. I just, I just really can't see like myself to pull for them. Um, but as a all around ball club, I think you have to go Astros. Um, their lineup is absolutely filthy. You know, their pitching staff with Cole and Verlander, you know, at the top, you know, doing their things. Garrett Cole has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's coming back from a little injury. Uh, nothing too, you know, nothing too bad. So he's he's still gonna be able to, you know, do his things. I believe, um, you know, just with you know the lineup and the whole you know roster that they have, I don't really see um, anyone really taking them out, except for you know, of course, the Yankees and that American League. Um, if the Yankees were 100% healthy with Stanton, Judge being 100%, um, their pitching staff figuring everything out. I mean, they have a nasty rotation, you know, with Tanaka, with with Hap, with, you know, Paxton, um, you know, CC coming, coming up, you know, the long stretch. Um, if they can get their injuries sorted out and that pitching staff kind of, figuring out their struggles lately I think they could definitely take down the Astros that lineup is so powerful they can run the ball out of the ballpark you know with ease uh you know definitely with the Astros having that real short portion and left field um and kind of being in in that dome uh you can definitely run run balls out of there easy so if the Yankees did have to travel to the Astros and uh the AL postseason I definitely think it'd be, it could be done uh, because I think they're just that good. If the Yankees pitching staff can just figure it out, and and I think they will. I think they will. I think you know Tanaka had a real good start his last start, um, you know. But once again, I mean he's had a few bad starts since you know the All Star break, and you know you can't really say oh well he's back you know since he only had one good start. His last start, you can't really say he's back. Um, but definitely, if they if they figure it out, uh, I would definitely change my answer and put it as Astros. But the Astros have really like no issue or anything like that. Um, and I'm not saying the Dodgers uh, is definitely not a team to beat. I definitely think they're the team to beat in the NL. Um, you know, because I mean the Braves are you know they're good. Their lineup is good. Their, their starting pitching is good, but their bullpen is, is struggling and we'll get there in a minute. Um, but the Dodgers, I mean, that lineup with Turner Bellinger, you know, in the middle Muncie in there, uh, you know, that, that pitching staff, 
you know, Kershaw, Bueller, um, Maeda, you know, Ryu, you know, being in, you know, the one point something ERA. I mean, just actually having a having a year. Um, it, it's definitely hard to to say that the Dodgers are the best team in MLB and they're the team to beat in the postseason. Um, so I'm sticking with my answer and I'm I'm gonna go Astros. Is the NL East, you know, the best division in the MLB this year? I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the teams that are in there, you got the Braves, you got the Mets, the Nationals, Phillies, and Marlins. I mean, you know, the Marlins ain't really hitting on anything. But if you, but if you look at it, you know. The Mets are finally, you know, coming up. They at one point they won 15 out of their last 16 games. I think before coming into Atlanta, um, and then you know Atlanta takes two out of two out of the three against them. Um, so they're they're doing things. The Nationals, you know, they start off to a, you know a slow start, and then now all of a sudden they're they're hitting all cylinders and they're doing everything that you know they're supposed to be doing to to get to that wild card spot. Um, and then the Phillies, you know, they, they just somehow or another keep finding a way to win ball games. They, they do things that are kind of like question marks that are like, you know, what is this team doing? I mean, if you look at, you know, the team that they have, you know, their lineup with Reese Hoskins, JT Real Munto, Bryce Harper, you know, they have those big bats and they still kind of struggle to like win, win ball games. And, you know, you kind of look at it as, you know, what what's going on in Philadelphia. And then all of a sudden, like, they win two or three here. Like, you know, how they stuck, um, they snuck one last night against, you know, the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs were, what, it was like a 5 nothing lead, 4 nothing lead. And here we come on the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded. And it's 5-3, to three, and Harper comes up to the plate. And I believe it was a... One one count, two two count, something like that. I know the count was even. I can't really remember what what it was. And you know, Holland leaves a leaves a pitch over the middle of the plate, and Bryce Harper, you know, hits it about four hundred feet, and the upper deck in right field, and walks him off. You know, with a grand slam, and they they just seem to like win games whenever it's like they're not supposed to win. You know, like, I mean, they're down 5-3 in the bottom of the ninth. And, you know, all of a sudden, here they come. And, you know, they, they end up pulling it out. Um, but I definitely think, you know, the NL East, they have, they have teams in there that are always contending for a wild card spot. And, I mean, you can't really count any of them out. You got the Mets that are playing really good. You got the Nationals playing really good. And then you got the Phillies that decide to you know, whenever they want to play here and there, um, also contending for the wild card. If you look at the NL West, what like te- like the Padres or something like that is in second place, or it's like the Diamondbacks, I think. Diamondbacks are like in second place um, behind the Dodgers by like fourteen or fifteen games, something crazy like that. Um, I just think it's, I, I think they're soft. I think that's one of the weakest divisions in and all of baseball, uh, the NL central is good, but they kind of like beat each other out. And then it's like the Cubs lose games that they're not supposed to lose. And then the Cardinals do the same thing. The Brewers do the same thing. Like, yeah, they're all competing for that first, you know, 
uh, first place spot in the NL Central. But can you really say like all three of those teams are like really that good and they're just beating each other out? Um, and of course, the AL East, you know, the Yankees just run through that. I think the Rays are a good ball club. Um, but then, then you have the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Orioles. Uh, the Red Sox somehow or another just fell off a cliff after winning a World Series last year. Um, they just they just look terrible. Um, and then you got the AL Central, you know, Tigers suck. Um, the Royals suck. The White Sox suck. So what, you only have the Twins and the Indians that are kind of doing something this year. Um, and basically they just have that whole division like cut in half. Um, between really good and really bad. And then you got the AL West, where it's only really the the Astros and the A's that are kind of like in contention. I mean, of course, the Astros are going to win um, the AL West, but the A's are going to probably take that wild card spot. Um, and, you know, honestly, like, honestly, I, I just think the NL East is, is the best division. I mean, look at, you know, the pitching staffs for all those teams. Look at the lineups for all those teams. I mean, it, it's just hard to, like, not say, like, that is not the best division of baseball. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, not because I'm a, I'm a Braves fan or anything like that. I just think the NL East is just very powerful this year. And, you know, of course, it, it took – those teams, you know, a little bit, uh, to get going, you know, because early in the year I was like, well, this, you know, could really like the Braves can finish with, you know, an 18 game, you know, first place, you know, victory going into the, into the postseason over second place. Um, kind of like how the Dodgers are doing, but, uh, once we kind of started getting, you know, closer to the all-star break and the Nationals started like coming around, the the Mets started kind of finding their pieces here and there. And then once the all-star break was over, it's like the Mets turned on the gear, the Nationals turned on the gear, the the Phillies are kind of finding their way. Um, the Braves are still doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's just, I think, I think they're the best division, you know, even if you take out the Marlins, I still think that they're the best division of baseball. The Braves are playing great baseball. Um, they're 12 and seven in their last 19 games, winning four out of the last six series. Uh, they splitting they split two against the Reds and the Marlins, so they haven't lost a series since hosting the Royals back in July. So it's almost been a month since, you know, they've lost a series. The Braves get a good closer, and and so what we thought, you know, and Shane Green from the Detroit Tigers at the trade deadline, but he has done nothing for the club so far um, since, you know, coming to the Braves. Um, you know, we, we just still don't feel comfortable at the closer spot. Green since joining the Braves, he's appeared in seven games with a zero and one record with eleven point eight one ERA, blowing two saves. In the last seven games he's pitched, his he's pitched five innings, given up thirteen hits, seven earned runs, and two long balls. Now if you would have told me that, you know, this was how Shane Green would be pitching when joining the Braves, I would probably you know say that you're crazy. Um, but once again, the Braves have to wait, um, 
the Braves have to wait too long in trying to make moves around the deadline, and we get the short end of the stick again. And that's always been the Braves' problem. We have the money. I mean, what you're you're playing you're paying Donaldson, you're paying Freeman, you you just gave Acuna and Ozzy these these nice contracts. I mean, yeah, we're not a high market ball club, but you're telling me that we can't go out and get, you know, a grade B or you know, B plus, you know, reliever or closer. Like, I'm not saying we got to go out and, and get like a Raldis Chapman or or anybody crazy like that. Like, I mean, we had a choice. We had a chance to get, you know, Kimbrel. I feel like if we would have offered him, you know, the years and the money that he kind of wanted, we kind of got to get away with it. Yeah, he's been struggling in Chicago, but I kind of feel like he doesn't want to be in Chicago. So I mean, we we could have we could have went with that, or maybe we we could have got two extra relievers. Maybe we didn't need a closer. Maybe we could have went six, seven, eight, nine, and went without a closer. We could just you know switched them around. Whoever just feels comfortable in that spot, be able to be there. But when I found out that we were interested in Shane Green and that we might be able to pull this off, man, I was like, yes. Like, you know, Luke Jackson has been absolutely like up and down roller coaster he's either absolutely carving and the in the ninth inning spot or he's just absolutely getting shelled and then you know you have Schwarzak there you, you know you have mentor there um I, I mean it's just it, it's it's hard you know to be a Braves fan and to and to to see your lineup you know produce runs and then you know, you're starting pitching to, you know, be good at least 85, 90% of the time and give you good chances to win ball games. And then you're watching the game and it gets late into the game and we have a lead and all of a sudden we get to a bullpen and they they give up the lead and half the time we lose. Like, like it's, it's so frustrating to watch that. And, you know... The Braves bullpen has had the worst ERA in the MLB since the All-Star break. And we can't figure anything out. Is there not anybody in AAA or anything like that that we can that we can do or like bring up to to kind of fill these roles like hey, like if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, we need to look to somebody else. Like I don't care how much money you're paying them or or whatever Luke Jackson's making or, you know, you know, you have Sean Newcomb, you know, kind of be that, that eighth guy, um, that eighth inning guy. You know, why why don't, you know, we kind of test the waters with him. I mean, we need to figure something out. Because right now, whatever we're doing is, is literally not working with Luke Jackson and Shane Green. Like, it's not working. Like, I kind of feel like our offense has to put up, you know, five, six runs, you know, and have like, you know, a 7-2 lead. You know, to at least give us a cushion. But then again, you know, the last couple outings we've had, you know, with the bullpen, it, it, it's, it's kind of shown that, hey, like, that seven-run lead isn't good enough, that we needed a ten-run lead. And then, like, I'll, I'll feel comfortable. But when we go into a game, late into the game, and it's four to two, five to two, I'm like, oh, Lord, like, I, I really hope our bullpen steps up. Because as of, as of right now, like as a Braves fan, I'm I'm terrified whenever it gets late into the game. So, you know, with with the lineup the Braves have and that 
starting rotation, you know, they have Soroka, they have they have Free, they have Teheran, they have Keiko. They can get you quality outings and a chance to win ball games. They they you know that whenever they have those quality outings, you should win those ball games. But the bullpen has been terrible and they've been terrible all year. And it seems that it's only happening to the Braves. Maybe a handful of other teams kind of or really struggle with their bullpen. But good Lord, the like the front office needs to figure something out this offseason. Maybe they need to change, you know, the pregame meals. Or have a pastor come and, and pray over, you know, the bu- the bullpen, you know, before every game. Because whatever they're doing right now is honestly not working. The Braves as a team... um, you know they'll they'll probably finish around ninety five wins. Um, I I still think they win the NL East and you know they take that, you know, uh, second spot in the NL and they'll play the team out of the NL Central. But, you know, it, just imagine if they had a bullpen that you could rely on, like the Dodgers, for instance. They could have well over you know or close to a hundred to five wins, if not more. They will obviously, you know, make the playoffs, like I said, you know, win in the East. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, we can have, you know, definitely more um, than 95 wins. I'm pretty sure that um, that there's a given source um, that's out there saying that the Braves have a 99.6% chance of winning the NL East. Um, I really hope that's that's a good, you know an honest percentage, um, you know, and I hope they, you know, take in accountability of the bullpen. Um, you know, now I do believe we will finally make it out of the first round when playing a team out of the NL Central. Uh, whether it's the Cubs or Cardinals, I don't think the Brewers will pull it out, and I don't see them making a wild card spot. So it's either going to be the Cubs or the Cardinals. Um, and I definitely think that we can get past well, you know, one of those teams, but then again, you know, we will meet up with the Dodgers if all the stars align and all that good stuff. We'll meet them in the NLCS, and I think the only thing that prevents us from winning and going to the World Series is the bullpen. Their rotation is similar to ours, you know, right with Ryu and Soroka. You got Kershaw and Freed. You got Bueller and Keuchel. You know, probably matching up. You know, if we if we meet each other in the NLCS, you know, those are probably your matchups for Game One, Game Two, and Game Three, and then so on and so forth. You know, Teheran, of course, you know, coming out for the Braves, and then probably Maeda. Um, the lineups are similar as well. Um, if you know, you kind of have this all on paper. I mean. You got Muncie and Freeman. You know, you got Donaldson Turner at, at third base. You know, you got Bellinger, Acuna in the outfield. Um, you know, you know when Taylor, you know, if he gets healthy, I mean, you got Ozzie Taylor up the middle. I, I, I just think, you know, we were very similar, you know, ball clubs. But like I said, it's going to come down to late in the game. And, you know, the bullpen will decide, you know, whether we win or lose the ball game. I mean, it's plain and simple. That's how postseason comes. It's going to be pitching and defense. I think starting pitching will give us a chance, and I think our lineup will give us a chance as well. But it's but it's who can, you know, close out the game. 
and the Braves need to figure out those three or four guys that can consistently close out the ball game. Um, I mean, that's just that's just a big thing. Braves need to figure out the bullpen. Series to watch out for this weekend. Uh, you got the Indians at the Yankees. Uh, potentially an early look at a postseason matchup. I say this because the way the Indians are playing and with the upcoming series they have after the Yankees um, is a little soft. So I see them winning a lot of ball games and taking a comfortable few-game lead over the Twins in the Central. Um, I definitely think it will still be a close race, but I, I do see the Indians taking that number one spot over the Twins. And uh, with the Yankees taking that number two seed spot, uh, the Indians will definitely take that number three. Then you have Houston at Oakland, and this could potentially be a postseason matchup as well. If the A's continue to be hot and pull off the wild card win over my other prediction team, the Twins. Um, the A's, of course, will finish second in the AL West, and I do believe they'll make that wild card spot along with the Twins. And I think just in a one game um in a one game series in that wild card spot, I do believe the A's will pull it out over the Twins. Um, you know, of course Nelson Cruz, you know, is coming off, you know, an injury. Um, he'll miss the series against Texas. Um, so he'll be back. So I mean, they'll, they'll have that power back back. Um, you know, along with, you know, C.J. Crone. But I do believe the A's in just a one-game series will be able to take out the Twins. So that's it. That would be a good matchup to to watch because if, you know, of course, if o- Oakland, you know, wins the, that wild card game, that's who they're going to end up with is Houston. Um, so that would be, a you know, a good series to kind of watch and get your feet wet on. And then lastly, you have the Dodgers and the Braves. Um, the Dodgers will travel to Atlanta uh, for this weekend series, and this will also be a postseason matchup, as I mentioned before. Uh, this will allow the Braves to see how well the bullpen can perform against the Dodgers lineup and see what they need to improve on before their meeting with one another in October. Because like I said, I think the Braves can get past the Cubs or the Cardinals. And I think the Dodgers will be whoever comes out of the wild card, whether it's the Nationals, Mets, Cardinals, whoever, whoever it is. I think, I think the Dodgers can definitely pull that off. So literally, those three series right there: Indians, Yanks, Houston A's, and then Dodgers and Braves. Those are all postseason matchups that are probably going to happen. And just being able to like know that, I mean, it, it's it's good for baseball because now you know like, hey, these teams are going to meet come in October, and now we need to see you know what we're kind of in store for. Are there going to be pitching duels? Are there going to be low scoring games? Are going to be high scoring games? I I think you know we kind of need to get a feel um, for what we're going to get, so it's not you know really a surprise on us. Um, so definitely check out those series um this weekend um because they can really be some good ones and that's what we're going to see come come october so that will include this episode of inside 90 feet i want to thank everyone who is tuning in uh you guys always help me reach out 
um, and gain more listeners. Um, you can always do that by sharing my podcast. Um, so if you guys, you know, could do that, I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys really keep me going. Uh, and let's see if we can reach a higher audience um, numbers each and every week. And until next time, peace.